0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Wicked Garden Podcast. This is our episode UFOs Over Texas with Ronnie Dawson. And I'm your host, Mike. I'm your co-host, Tracy. And uh, we'll take care of some business here at the outset. Um, If you have a UFO uh, encounter, a cryptid encounter, a haunting, please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your story. And we'd love to have you on the podcast. Our email is?
1: WickedGardenPodcast at gmail.com.
0: And uh, we also have a three-minute hotline. Uh, you can record a message there. Uh, tell us a little bit about your story. You can also record a break-in for the show. We'd love to hear from you. And that number is?
1: 609-800-5130. Again, that's
0: 609-800-5130. And our guest tonight is Ronnie Dawson. Um, Ronnie uh, was recommended to me by Nick Hunter over at UFO Cro- uh, Chronicles show. Podcast, a fantastic podcast. Um, that specializes in mostly UFO encounters. He does touch on some other paranormal subjects. But um, Nick is a great guy. It's a great show. It's probably the, the best-sounding show um, on uh, in podcasting. I mean, it's just fantastic. Uh, he's really got the mixer down now that he got his cat calmed down. <laughs> um,
1: That's a story for another day. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, yours truly has been on Nick's show um, as well, telling our UFO encounter. And,
1: uh, and they can find that on our uh, Facebook page, right?
0: Yeah, they can. And Ronnie um, came to us, uh, recommended from Nick, and Ronnie's got really good stories. So um, we're really excited to have Ronnie on and can't wait for his interview. Uh, so we've got a little bit of uh, stuff to take care of at the beginning. We want to shout out our Patreons. Georgie Bush,
1: Penny Brown. Marie bouget And Lynette Gray.
0: Yes. And we also want to talk a little bit about Patreon. You know, the show's free for you guys to download, and, and uh, we're, we're fine with that. We're passionate about it. It's a passion, passion project. Um, but, you know, it's not free for us to make. Uh, there are some uh, expenses we try to offset by um, having some donations to Patreon. And you get something back in return. You get extra content. You get extra shows. You get extra videos. You get inside information about the show. Uh, the last show that we put up on Patreon, we're getting rave reviews. Uh, so uh, head on over there if you can to www.patreon.com. Search on Wicked Garden Podcast. Uh, go there and you can join at whatever tier you feel you want to join at. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can join and just get uh, what you need as far as the extra content goes. I am going to be bumping that up in January to $3. A month, but uh, if you are in at a dollar a month, don't worry about it. I'm going to grandfather you in. You can stay at a dollar a month, but uh, after January first, it's going up to three dollars just to get in on the ground floor. So if you want that extra content, uh, head on over and uh, help us out. We really appreciate it. And I hope everybody had a really nice Thanksgiving. Um, so we've got a couple five star reviews here. Uh, well, actually, one five star review uh, from somebody on uh, Apple. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and read that. And that's uh, a gentleman by the name of Bob Barr. Um, awesome. It's a five-star review. starts out awesome with three exclamation points. Thank you, Bob. Awesome show. Very informative, funny, and entertaining. Great people as well. I would recommend everyone listen. So pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. And I got one here that came via Facebook. Um, uh, we do have a Facebook group over there at Wicked Garden Podcast. You can look that one up and then you can join the gathering page as well. And, of course, it is uh, not Well, why right you, in front are That's fine.
1: It. While you're looking that up, can I give them a teaser about the next Patreon episode? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so tonight's episode is very family-friendly, and we promise Take to be a family-friendly show. <laughs> <laughs> However, during the course of talking to our guest tonight, he had a very entertaining story, interesting story for us. And we chose to clip that out of um, the show because it wasn't quite family-friendly. But if, um, and You're we promise, I am a prude, but on Patreon, I promise we will note that the episode is slightly off color. So Chickabow. that, you- <laughs> yes, aliens and cats do come up. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. Um, so head on over to Patreon, join Patreon for a dollar a month this month still, and get the very special episode that we're going to post in the next couple of days. And I got it here. Oh, um, great.
0: Yeah. It only took me three minutes. Uh, Becky Patton uh, sent over a message, said, my new favorite podcast. I'm moving into a 300-year-old house on Monday, and I'll call you if there are more or more people occupying the space than just my family.
1: <laughs> I love the way she said that. And for
0: whatever reason, she picked three ghosts. So it would be funny if she tells us there's three ghosts. But she's over in Oxford, and Oxfordshire, over in the U.K., um we have a lot of listeners uh, over in the uk and we really appreciate that
1: it's our number two country yes number so, three is australia
0: uh we also have um an update coming from our man alan tate sooner or later uh too about the the uk wales house over there a crazy house that he's got going on and a bunch of stuff he's into so uh uk listeners keep tune- keep your ears uh peeled for that as well so without further ado um Let's get to Ronnie Dawson. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. On, on the line, we're lucky enough to have Ronnie Dawson. And Ronnie has some really interesting stories from an area that we have a lot of listeners in.
1: A ton of listeners. Yes. Yeah. For those of who, you who listen to us pretty frequently, you know I grew up in southwest Arkansas in a really tiny little town. So the closest metropolitan area really is the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And uh, that's where he is from, and or that space, that general area out there and so he's got some really interesting stories that will resonate with a lot of our
0: listeners yeah and uh ronnie was an oil truck driver down in the oil fields of texas and ronnie thanks for joining the show i really appreciate it
2: hey thank you guys for having me here on the wicked garden podcast Uh, love the
0: name i appreciate it buddy and um can can you uh, like up until 2009 not too much was happening right and then in 2009 things changed
2: Oh yeah, I I've been working in rural locations for about thirty years out here, and and really seen I've seen all sorts of stuff. I've seen the the debris from the space shuttle that broke up. I've seen really. Uh,
1: did yeah, you yeah, see it like med- come medias. down?
2: Uh, yeah, there was there was a fiery uh, there was debris that was on fire falling from the sky. Oh, that
1: must have been heartbreaking. Yeah. Wow, I did not know you yeah. could see it all night.
2: Yeah, it was. We knew we knew right away that it had been breaking apart way before it went over the Dallas Fort Worth area. Wow! So in two
0: thousand nine, you're doing a little bit of driving and you run into uh, something that you didn't normally see, right?
2: Yeah, we're we're seeing stuff. I'm seeing some stuff out here that I can't explain, and I could. And I've seen so much, I could explain everything. Everything I've ever seen, I could explain up to that point and I, I'm just seeing these lights, and they're floating above the trees and stuff, and then they're just going out, and then they're coming back on, and some of them are sequencing, and, and I'm just really mystified as to what this is, and then uh, I was headed south of Cisco, Texas, uh, towards the little town of Rising Star, and uh, all of a sudden, there was a big, huge uh, row of lights came on uh, ab- above the highway in front of me, and I was headed straight for it, and, uh, and they just stayed on for several minutes, and then, and I was headed straight for the thing, and three of them broke off, and they traveled over to a field, and I seen there's a blue light that shined down on the ground, and there was a fluorescent uh, light shining around what looked like a person that was walking around in the field, but if it was a person, he had a huge head. It looked like a bobblehead doll almost. <laughs> it was, the head <laughs> was so big on it. And then I seen the blue light, and I seen the, and this thing, it, it took about 90 seconds for it to go like a quarter mile, and then shoot the beam down on the ground, and something was walking around. So it happened very quickly that it broke off from the main part of the craft. There was like nine lights, and three of them broke off. And, uh, I, and I finally, I went what I think was underneath the large craft, and the part that was over the field, I could still see it, and it was shining a blue beam down the field, and, and I could see something in the beam that was darker than the beam. And I couldn't really make out what it was, and I was taking all this in right through the driver's side window. I rolled my window down and my pickup to make sure I didn't would not get, getting reflections <laughs> from anything right. to get a better look at this site, you know. Sure. Plus, sure. I'm I'm digging around the ca- I'm digging around the truck and I'm looking for an accident camera. So I did try- I didn't have no camera with me that night, and I was trying to find the accident camera so I could get a picture of it. Right, and right. Then, and I looked in that blue beam, and I sh- I could see something in it about thirty feet off the ground, and and I was like, what in the world is in that beam? And I looked, and all of a sudden I recognized it was a cow, and it was whipping its head from side to side, and slowly being sucked up. Wow! And uh, when I seen that, it was like a shocker, and it was like, okay, I had no, I was thinking about stopping and just watching the whole thing, but after I seen the cow in the light, I was like, if I stick around here, I may be next. So. I was—I uh, almost didn't want to
1: look out the window anymore,
2: <laughs> and right. I just kept driving and I kept looking in the mirrors to make sure nothing was following me.
1: Well, and just uh, the idea of the strength, the power of the beam to suck up a cow—that's a lot of weight. I mean, that—that that could just suck you right out of a truck window.
0: It sure as hell scared the hell out of you. Right? That's for sure. I wouldn't stick yeah, around either, Ronnie.
2: And, you know, and I seen a, I was looking at phone to see if any, anybody else seen anything, and, I, and I'd seen a lady, i seen somebody from Winters, Texas, said that one of their cows got abducted, and, and she had actually, actually had a picture of a blue beam with something in it. And you really couldn't tell that it was a cow, but it looked exactly like what I saw that night. Right. And I thought it was amazing that somebody had actually gotten a picture and said that their, their cow was being abducted by the same kind of light. So it was like, wow.
0: Yeah, and, so uh, you, that's actually a story that confirmed what you saw.
2: Yeah, it was. And uh, what well, she she took us a picture, and uh, they were probably giving her a hard time because nobody could make out what it was. Right. It was just a blue beam with something in it. Right. And, but that's exactly what I saw blue beam with something in it that turned out being a cow. Wow. And, and he, it wouldn't be in, yeah, it, it, it wasn't like a military helicopter could move that far that quick put somebody on the ground, harpoon a cow, and and suck it up 30 feet in the air right. in the amount of time that I saw this thing do it in. I mean, that it would was be incredibly tough.
1: quick. We've yeah. been yeah. watching but, helicopters move pilings out here in the bay, and they don't move that fast. We know no. that as a fact. Especially when are <laughs> hel- carrying yeah. something. Yeah, and those telephone oh, calls yeah, probably, yeah it, they'd be about the same weight. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: And helicopters are very noisy, man. Yes, They're they very noisy You can hear them from miles away. Absolutely. So, was so, this yeah.
1: silent? Did you hear any noise at all?
2: I did not hear any noise from anything. Wow. I mean, it was all I could hear was my truck and the wind blowing through the open window. I couldn't hear any noise. And I was taking all this in, and I seen that. Wow, when that's... I seen that cow, it kind of shocked me like, oh, man. You know, this is serious business here. It's time to get out of here.
3: Yeah, with
0: I've that seen silence. i all I wanted to
2: see at that Ooh.
0: point. <laughs> you know? With that silence, that's extra creepy. You know, you're expecting to hear something.
2: Yeah, you're the cow for one, right? <laughs> and the road, and the road was very lonely. I was like hoping that I'd see another car, like you know, coming. Man, it seemed like all of a sudden I'm out here by myself. And I was like, any other time, that highway would be just rolling with cars. That's what I was, was going to say. Like,
1: that's a pretty bu- busy stretch of highway out there, right? Yeah,
2: that's a busy stretch of highway. And that and that night, it wasn't that late, and all of a sudden, there's just nobody. You know, there were some cars earlier, but they had turned off at a church. Everybody was going to church, and then the traffic just stopped and by the time I got to where all this was taking place at. so wow. Yeah.
1: So and, help me remember exa- about where it was. Excuse it, me. About where was
2: this? Where, what? It was did, uh, south of Cisco, Texas, going towards Rising Star on okay. Highway 183. Okay.
1: Gotcha.
2: And gotcha. It, it was off to the left, just about five miles outside of uh, before you get to Rising Star. Okay. So I was just almost in the Rising Star when all this when I seen this, uh, and it was yeah, but it was turning about a quarter mile off to the highway, off the highway to my uh, to my left
0: as I was just driving south.
3: Yeah, and that was so, the
0: first thing you saw, right? You you kept that was seeing the first, some things, right?
2: That was the first thing that really shocked me as to the lights that moving on the trees were just mysterious, and I I couldn't explain them, trying to figure out what they were. Mystery lights, I was calling them. And, uh, and after I seen all this happen, I am pretty. Sure I was like, okay, this is probably some kind of UFO activity. These are UFO drones. And I seen one of them lights appear over a field. It dropped 100 feet straight down to the field. It sat there for about five seconds, and then it popped 100 feet straight up again quickly. And then a second one joined it, and then both of them went out together. And it wow. was like you couldn't go out there at night without seeing something odd. And I talked to the farmers and ranchers and oil field pumpers, and everybody seen the lights. Oh, yeah, I see these weird lights out here. I've seen the lights, yeah. And uh, and one guy said, Well, it's, it's military helicopters doing that as for sizes. You know. So do you think? <laughs> I'm the, like, You
0: know, you everybody's
2: think, got their own excuse at what yeah, they think it
0: is. Yeah. Do you think the oil companies are trying to keep it maybe a little bit quiet? You think they're telling them to, you know, put all their stories on uh, silent?
2: Ah, uh, you know, I, I don't think nobody really knows what these things. And we're still seeing these lats around here at times. You know that I'm not sure the lights are really associated with the craft. I almost think they're like there's some kind of exploration drones or something like that.
1: Right. And you they're know? quiet. Some You're kind of, still not hearing noise.
2: No, I, I've never heard. There's only one UFO that I've seen that actually had it had a hum to it, like a like a the sound. A sound like a like a, a bug might have flew in your ear or just a really high pitched whine that was just very brief. Right. You know, it was almost like a fly that flew in your ear would might might sound like.
1: Yeah, oh, you're a making real, me cringe uh, every time you say that. <laughs> yeah, you hear
0: you hear that uh, in a lot of these cases. I've yeah. I've actually heard that from other witnesses too.
2: And it's very short too, because usually when you hear that it's gone. <laughs> you know,
0: it's
2: yeah. gone. Yeah. It's out of there. So and you, uh, yeah, it just kept getting weirder. It kept getting weirder. I mean, and then finally, I seen three craft, and I seen three craft uh, in like a seven day period. And I got a friend of mine that'd go UFO watching. I said, "Man, I said I got this. I got this. I ordered this green uh, 250 milliwatt laser. It's one of those you've seen them before. They're like a. It's more powerful than a class. Yeah, I laser. have one. one.
3: Yeah, a beam. yeah. <laughs> I have the one. I played. dog with it. Yeah. I actually about yeah,
2: five, five miles. So I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. I tell my friends, we see UFO, I want to shoot this laser around it and see if it see it, you know, if we can if we can catch on camera the beam deviating because if it's actually bending uh space if it's bending space uh, around it, you know, then the the, the, uh, the beam should appear to be, and if we can catch that on camera, man, we really got something to All present, right. you know, to the, the scholars the skeptics that we're seeing some kind of UFO craft with a weird propulsive system. So uh, that was our that was our plan to do this, and, and I had the laser, and he had. I was running man the laser, and he was manning the camera. And we were hoping we'd see nothing. We hadn't had much luck, and we could hear some jets flying around. And I'm thinking, man, they're not going to show up, even though I'd seen in the last seven days I'd seen three of them. We're not going to have any luck tonight. Uh, because of all these jets. Well, finally the jets left. And I was thinking, well, finally the jets are gone. And it was about time to give it up. And then uh, and my friend said, look, is, is that what you're talking about? And I looked, and there was like a four-light craft appeared was about 400 yards from us. And it was probably 100, 200 feet above the field over there from where we were at. And I said, oh, my God, that's it, man. And so I got my laser, and I fired my laser around the craft. And I didn't see any beam deviation, which was disappointing because I was hoping that I'd catch some weird, some kind of weird bending of the light around right. the craft. Right. And it didn't it didn't happen. So I, decided, I said, okay, Al, I'm going to shine this, I'm going to shine the laser on the craft, you know. And he said, you sure? And I said, yeah, I'm kind of scared, but I'm going to try it to see. I just want to see if it reflects it or if it absorbs it, what it does, you know. And it was scary because I, I I didn't know what they were gonna how they were gonna take it. But I shined the laser on the crab briefly, and then took it back off, and then I put it back on it again, and it and it didn't reflect. It didn't uh, uh, like a mirror or anything like that. It it wouldn't even shine up around with the laser it hit like a car. It just absolutely absorbed the beam. Wow. Completely. And uh, and I thought, my God, man. I said, I hope you're getting this on camera. And I looked over at him, and he had his hands on his hip, and he was gawking at his thing. And I'm going, Man, the camera, dude. <laughs> That's the whole point of you having the camera is to like be recording this. And he you said you need to
1: pick your friends better. He dude. said, My God,
2: man, what is it? And I'm going, Record, Record. It. I don't get the camera going. He's going, Oh the camera <laughs> Yeah, he just the camera never crossed his mind. He'd never seen you. before. Right. He completely freaked out and it was like he was like, well, it's gonna be explainable but <laughs> then he after a while he just kept staring at it, going, it's definitely I and he's going, oh, man, the camera on there. He goes, I was just so at awe of what we were looking at. He yeah. said, I never even thought about grabbing the camera. You know what, Ronnie? But, the same
0: thing happened when we saw ours. Um, I saw an orange ball in the sky. Um, and I, the last thing on my mind was to, believe it or not, was to go get a camera and take a picture of it. So I completely understand. I mean, in that moment when it's going on and you're actually right. seeing this thing for the first time, you're just, like, amazed. Yeah. All your reason goes out the window, and you just want to stare at it.
2: Sure. Well, I know. And, and, oh, uh, Rob McConnell of the Exxon was was beating me up the other night because I didn't call the police. Oh, you shouldn't call the police when you see something like that. Well, like, what that are that the, the police going to do? <laughs> that was the last thing on my mind was calling
3: the police. Yeah. yeah <laughs> they can't yeah. do anything They're going to anyway. come
1: riding out on their horses and what catch the What are they going to do? Gonna give you, or maybe give you a breathalyzer. <laughs> that would be about uh, all they would do. Right.
2: Yeah, I was like, who would, it just never crossed my mind to call the police, you know. (laughs) Maybe that's something we need to start educating UFO experiences. Hey, you need to
4: call the police. (laughs) I
1: I still wonder what they would do. I mean, like my, my friend that lives in Royce City, she had her neighbor's uh, pigs kept coming into her yard and tearing up her yard, and it was just awful. And she was annoyed, but she was trying to work it out with a neighbor. One of the other neighbors got really annoyed, called the cops. They all show up, unload their horses to go round up the pigs. So you know what that did to her yard? Right, right. <laughs> no, right, right. Yeah, right? and yeah, she's like, "Wow, thanks." <laughs> so, what are right. you going to do? Right, call them and have them come out and go. Um, yeah, and if they can't round up a bunch of pigs, gonna how are they going ra- ra- to round up or UFOs, the UFOs? Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's good advice or bad advice.
0: Yeah, I think it. You were telling me that the other day. On, uh, we were messaging back and forth, and I think that's a ridiculous comment. I, I totally get it. Yeah. I know why you were amazed by the whole thing so
1: i know. just find it hard to believe that rural yeah. texas would have you know fighter pilots waiting to go chase the ufos <laughs> there, is there a right. base close by i don't remember is there a base out there
2: of any kind? there's type? a diet diet surplus space is about okay. 60 miles from me and yep. then uh, i think there's one at fort Worth as well okay yeah what ha- what was weird was the next night when I, when i came home there was a big hole chewed in the floor of my house and my cat was missing Oh. And I, 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 I rescued my cat from underneath the house, and I passed up the hole, and I went to bed, and uh, and then all of a sudden I heard dishes breaking in the kitchen and and stuff, and and I'm thinking, man, what this cat is really annoying me tonight. <laughs> and so I tried to get up out of bed, and something was holding me down in place in the bed, and I thought I was having a medical issue because I felt fine, but I could not get out of that bed. It was like I was every time I tried to. To raise up, it was like a gorilla holding me down. Wow. I mean, there's this forest on my chest that kept me glued to the bed, and, and there was no way I could break loose from it. And then I could still hear stuff going on in the kitchen, and I thought, and I looked out the door, and I could see my cat looking towards the kitchen, very, and he had, and he was looking like he was very nervous. And and then I could hear noise in the kitchen, and he was looking that direction, and, and I couldn't see it from where I was at, but I could see the cat, and the cat running in and jumped in the bed with me. And the noise was still occurring in there. I'm thinking, okay, I got somebody or something in the house. And I'm stuck in this bed. I can't get up. But the cat's moving around on the bed like it doesn't affect him at all, which is what's weird. And then all of a sudden, I see a street run by the door. And then there was another one. And then it ran back. And I could hear cabinets opening. I could, the desk lamp got knocked over and broke over on the, on the computer desk. And I could hear doors being opened and closed. Oh and whatever this thing, whatever run by the door was really short. And very fast, it was so fast your eyes couldn't even focus on it. All I could see was a brown blur. I mean, just a blur run by the door, and then it run back, and then a second one, and then all of a sudden these things are running around in there. And I seen one run across a vertical wall like gravity didn't even apply to it. Wow. And then I stay I seen the other one run up the wall and then push off the ceiling and come back down. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't know anything I could do this. And now I start to put two and two together that this is probably as a result of what we did the night before.
3: Right. So I'm
2: thinking these guys are retaliating or something.
0: Yeah, I wonder if, I, I wonder if they were looking to see if maybe they could find the camera. Maybe they thought you guys had taken some pictures, you know. That could be a possibility but too. It,
2: it turned out, yeah, it, it stopped when they got to where the laser was being kept. So really? I'm thinking that they were curious about the laser. Oh wow! Yeah, that's
0: a really good that's a really good explanation for it. They might have been wondering what the heck was what the was technology up with that technology was, right? Yeah.
2: And and then finally, one of them one of them ran right in front of the doorway and he stopped. And this thing it was about eighteen inches tall, and he was he was on all fours when he ran, and then he stood up on two legs. And this thing it had a face like a old man, but it had a, a shell on it like a it was either a body armor or an exoskeleton. And even the exoskeleton had like thorny appendages on it. Like if you would have grabbed it, it would have really hurt your hand. Right. And uh, it had a humanoid old man looking face, but the hands and feet on this thing looked more like an insect.
3: Oh and, wow!
2: And it stood up on all four, and he wasn't looking at me. He was looking. He kind of looked side seen a side view of him, and then he looked towards the other two, which were like almost like they were running back and forth like they were almost playing chase. And it was almost like this one got onto him. And then all three of them darted under the bed just instantly. Land ran right up underneath the bed where I was at. Well, they started lifting the bed up about a foot off the floor and then slamming it back to the floor. And I'm just sitting there helplessly bouncing on it off this bed up and down. And the cat takes off. He takes off, goes out of the door, and I can see him sliding around the corner.
1: Shame on him. To
2: get out. <laughs> get away. I didn't see anything chasing. But wow. I'm sitting here just bouncing off this bed. Then finally, they stop bouncing the bed, and then they start, I can hear them tearing through the box springs underneath it. Oh, my God. And, and it almost sounds like they're gutting the mattress that's underneath me, and I'm thinking, so I'm laying there, and I can't move, and I'm thinking, well, anytime I'm now, I'm going to feel the claws clawing at my back, oh. and uh, later, uh, later I looked up underneath there, they tore through the box springs. You could see scratch marks on the wood, and there was a big, and the box springs ain't nothing but wood, and it's got like a... A piece of metal fencing over the top of it, with fabric over the whole thing.
3: Right, and I could
2: see where they scratched the wood, and they grabbed the metal. They grabbed the metal and they bent it. They were pulling on it so hard. Wow. So I, that that metal that was in that thing uh, probably kept them from digging into the mattress that I was laying on. And um, and after and then they they stopped digging at that thing, and then I, I heard them over by the gun cabinet, and and. and it, when they were clawing at that bed, I had tried to do something weird. I, I decided that, you know, these things, I was so horrified there for a while, and then I got really angry. And I'm like, these, you know, they're going to kill me if I don't kill them, and, and it's life or death. And I decided that I was going to break free and I was going to grab this golf club in the corner because I know the gun cabinet's locked. I got guns there, but it's locked up right. because my girlfriend has kids. So I know it's locked. Right. So I'm thinking I can't get to my gun, but I've got a golf club over, and these things ain't that big. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to break free from this and I'm going to grab that golf club. And I fought that force that was holding me so hard that it almost stopped my heart. I couldn't breathe. And, I mean, it, it hurt me so bad it felt like it almost killed me, really. And I just I kind of fell back and relaxed and said, there's no way I can. And it almost, I was like, I'm lucky to still be alive and, I, and and it's going to kill me if I fight it any harder. So I'm just screwed. There's nothing I can do. They, I'm completely at their mercy at this point, there's, well, they, they got over to where the gun cabinet was, and everything, and I quit hearing them moving around and stuff. It got quiet, you know. I didn't really see them leave, but I was trying to look over towards the gun cabinet to see what they were doing instead of looking out the, towards the door. And then and all of a sudden, my body just weirdly just jumped out of that bed. I was in a fit of rage and I grabbed the golf club. Now I had tried to do this five minutes earlier and couldn't do it. It's almost like they interrupted the signal between my brain and my body. And when they had released me in my body process, my body felt like a robot acting without direction from me.
1: That's and it, crazy. And that
2: freaked me out. That freaked me out. It's like my body was trying to do something I had tried to do five minutes earlier.
1: It's like, like an in-body, out-of-body experience, right? I mean.
2: No, I, yeah. yeah, I was, I was,
1: you're in I the body, but you're not controlling it, right?
2: And, wow. I was standing there holding a golf club and, and angry. So I went on an alien hunt. I went around the house. Every cabinet, every drawer in the whole house was open. There was a few broken dishes around the sink and stuff. There was a broken lamp that had been knocked over on the computer desk. And the, and the cabinets and drawers in the living room were open as well. There was some stuff knocked over on the, the one of the tables on it, too. So, you know, they had pretty much ransacked the house. And, and then I went back into the bedroom where I was at, and I, and I was kind of scared to look up under the box screen for fear they might be in there. <laughs> and I went over by the gun cabinet, and I seen that the gun cabinet they had lock, unlocked the bottom, they had unlocked the top. And I thought, my God, I'm sitting there holding a golf club when I could have got had a shotgun, you know, which would be a whole lot better. <laughs> for yeah. less,
1: I thinking, less so effort got on got in
2: part. That, And then I, and I thought, well, they got the laser. You know, It occurred to me at that point, like, they probably got the laser because that's where the laser was being kept. And I went over there and nothing's missing. And I grabbed the case that the laser was being stored in and there it was. It was still there. But they had definitely got over there and looked at it or something examined it or something. Yeah. Maybe they they didn't find it. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Maybe they just thought, all right, you know, this thing isn't, now we know what it is. It's not anything. It's not a weapon. Or a weapon. And they moved on.
2: Yeah. They may have just, yeah, they may have x-rayed it or something. I don't know, you know, but, I think it was like a little recon team sent by the ET, and I, and I kind of think that's what the ET do. I I finally met these ET in August
3: 2017.
2: I actually got to meet them, and uh, and I think even the greys. I think the greys are like really bacterial, uh, viral resistant beings, and they do, uh, and like they do the abductions to. to the complete task that these guys want them to do, and, that, and the little team that was in my house were like a recon team. I mean, they're they're probably not smart, or are very, uh, you know, they're they're probably not really intelligent beings, but they're probably really suited to do recon work. You know, because I was sitting there thinking, well, why would they claw hole my floor to access the house if they could unlock a gun cabinet? Why didn't why didn't they just unlock my doors and walk
3: in? You know, right, right,
2: and and the ones later could move through a wall. I mean, you know, they moved right through, they could move right through the wall. And I'm like, these guys, they weren't, they were physical. They were physical beings. They weren't spiritual beings, you know? Right. And, uh, and because they, they walked around and broke glasses and stuff like that, opened cabinets and drawers. And and you probably couldn't have done that in the other, and the, and the ones that went to the wall, you probably couldn't open cabinets and drawers and stuff like that. So these things were physical beings. And the, the ones I met in August, the, uh, that that was kind of a different story there, the way they came in there. And it, that was a shocking story too. Uh, but but that's a little bit later on. But what what we're at next is I didn't see anything after these things. After these things that in my house, I didn't see anything for a solid year, and I had not no lights, nothing, man. And I just like, well, I guess I'll never see anything like that again. You know, right? As as scary as it was, as amazing as it was, it was still exciting and, and weird, and and I never did call the police. You know, I would have liked to have called the police. And, and, you know, if I could have got some police over here to, like, took some, you know, like, fingerprint kind of evidence of where these things were crawling and stuff, that would have been great. But, you know, if I'd have called the police, it wouldn't have been any good at all. They'd come over no. there. Yeah. Well, you probably got drunk and messed your own house up. You know?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, what are they going <laughs> to do? I don't even know
2: what they'd have thought, you know? They're
0: probably going to do pretty pretty sure least the least amount of work. Have... That's for sure. I mean, I yeah, they weren't
2: going to look for fingerprints. Not the cops in my town, no. <laughs> you know? right? They'd, no. they'd probably just say, "Okay, where do you keep the meth lab?" <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that is a common but complaint anyways.
1: of my high school friends. That seems to be the most common lab in the Arkansas-Texas region these days are meth labs. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's a, that's a like a that's a that's a pretty. Uh, uh, that's a pretty proper hobby around in this this neck of the woods. <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's
4: what I've heard.
2: But but the one year one year from exactly one year to the day that they they were in my house, I was uh, hauling crude all down uh, down in Coleman, and uh, hadn't seen anything. And I mean, I I'd give up on probably ever seeing anything again. Right. And then I was pulling up on a lease, and all of a sudden I seen some live On the ground, not far from me, uh, it was maybe 100 yards away, and then they lifted up over these mesquite trees, and mesquite trees are about 15, 20 feet tall, so they're not tall trees. This thing was on the ground. These blue whitish lights came on, and these blue whitish lights I see all the time. It's, It's, you know, related to the UFO stuff, no doubt, because I've actually got pictures that have this whitish blue light and there's was like, there was a, a craft with three lights came on right on top of the ground, and then it lifted above these trees, and it was going to pass right over my truck. I was, and I was trying to load my camera up, and I was hanging out of my truck window up to the waist, going to get a picture of this damn thing when it passed over. Well, the lights went out, and and I couldn't see anything, and I was like, oh. so I'd missed it. another opportunity to get a picture, and it made me frustrated. I pulled up, and I, but I had a feeling they weren't. They hadn't left, and I, and I was right because a little bit later, they appeared over the field, and I probably and started getting some pictures. Man, I would loading my camera full of pictures, but the bad thing was I filled my camera memory up with some stupid pictures of lights over the field when I really needed that room later on to catch some really amazing stuff. But I was just so happy because Mufon had challenged me to catch some pictures. <laughs> so catch some pictures, Ronnie. Catch some pictures.
3: Right. I
2: was catching the pictures. Man, I was excited. I was. But there are lights over the field. You know, anybody, any skeptic can say, "Well, that's a street light. That could be anything." You know, and that's the truth. That's the that's the true fact on most UFO lights that you do see. Is nobody is really sure what it is. It's a light in the darkness. And but this thing was it was it, it would stay it would appear then it would it would go out, then it would uh, it move a little bit and then appear again, and then it would it would disappear again, and uh, then. And finally, it appeared again, and this thing had went back down to the ground. And I started a video, and I thought, oh, I got it. You know, I'm going to get a video. Maybe I can zoom in and see something walking around the craft because it's only like 300, 400 yards away. Even though it's not going to be a great video, maybe it will show something. So I started my video. The craft is on the ground. I'm hoping to catch something walking around on the video later when I can zoom in on it. Well, all of a sudden, this craft leapfrocks about 200 yards and goes right back down to the ground again. And I'm thinking, wow, I just saw that and caught that on video. And then it sat on the ground for about five, two or three seconds, and then it, it just shot off. It took off up in the air, and it was flashing like red, blue, green, yellow, and it went, it went a mile in two seconds. Wow. And I actually caught that on the video. It, it's in the Ronnie Dawson YouTube channel. Um, and my my channel's got like one million two hundred and sixty thousand views. Wow, wow. It's, got of, it's got lots of UFO stuff. Yeah, what on is it. the
0: channel again? So we so we can you know it's let a, the listeners know. It's my know.
2: name. Yeah, the, yeah, the Lonnie dolphin YouTube channel. Okay. And uh, the Man manis case alien abduction, uh, with pictures to prove it is uh, that's the video that's based on this event that we're talking about right now, and it has like nine hundred thousand views by itself.
0: So when you actually went to meet them um how did that come about and what was that like
2: when i went to where
0: when you actually met up with the ets how did that how did that uh transpire and and what was that experience like
2: okay that was the the way the way they come what happened it was really weird i was just i hadn't seen anything in quite a while uh, but I knew I had some. i had some paranormal activity going on here at my house. And first, I just thought it was anomalies in the camera. And then, one time, I woke up in the room, and, I, and my uh, above my bed was this big white mist. And then I, it was, a, and, and the light was on in the room. And I opened my eyes. I was waiting on my wife to come to bed. It was right before we were turning in for the night. And all of a sudden, this mist shot through the wall. You know, so I'd had like this paranormal activity going on in my house. It's like I'm pretty sure they follow me home, and they were kind of spying on me, watching me around the house. Right. And I'm caught some stuff on the camera, and so I hadn't seen anything in a while. I, I was working nights, and I come home, and it was about nine o'clock in the morning. You know, and it was it was on my day off. And I was just sleeping away. I was so tired. I wasn't even dreaming or anything. And all of a sudden, I had this dream where these these two women are pulling on my arms, and 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 I'm like, what? And then I slip out of her grasp, and immediately I fall back to sleep. And I'm like, wow, that was that was some kind of a weird little dream. <laughs> but I was still sleeping, you know. And I was right. like, I was just I wasn't dreaming at all. Now I had this little weird dream, and then I fell back to sleep. And I was just thinking as I was going back to sleep, that's odd. And then all of a sudden here there, it, same the same women got me again, each by their arm, and they're pulling on me. And one of them says to me, "Help us!" And and I, so I'm like, "Okay, I'll help you," because I, I felt like I was in a manhole, and they were pulling me out of a manhole. So I was fighting to get loose, and they were struggling to help me. And all of a sudden they they pull me out of what I thought was a manhole. Okay, well so I'm sitting there, and then the first thing they did is they start apologizing. We're really we're you know. We're, we're visitors from another world, and we need to have a conversation with you. We're sorry for just disrupting your rest, you know. And I'm going, no, no, thank you. You really did me a favor from pull me out, whatever that was. And I, and they said, well, we, so we pulled you out of your sleeping body for a conversation. And I looked, and there's somebody sleeping in my bed, and I'm standing in my bedroom, and I'm thinking my wife is playing a joke on me or something with her friends or something. But then I looked. And I'm not standing beside the bed. I'm standing in the bed. And my knees are on the bed, but I don't see. I don't see my legs from the knees down. I'm like, oh my god, what the hell? I'm standing in the damn bed. I'm looking down. I'm freaking out, looking at my legs. And then I, and then I tried to walk, and I fell forward, and I put my hand out to catch myself. And my leg, my hand rested on on my sleeping body's leg, and I felt my hand go through the leg, and it rested on the Bones just briefly, and then it is almost like I broke my own leg. And then I felt my hand go through the bone, and it went into the soft mattress. And I could feel the softness under the mattress underneath it all. And then I, I jerked my hand back, freaking out. And then both of the ET grabbed me, and they started helping me wade out. I wade out of the bed like you can move through solid matter here, but it's like wading out of a pond, you know? And it's, right? It's you have to kind of struggle through solid matter. And they walked me out of the bed. And then I was like, "Oh my god!" And and I was and I was looking at looking down at me and saying, "Oh, it's, oh crap! That is me sleeping in the bed." And and and, they, <laughs> and I looked at this one, and she was tall, and she had blue skin, and she had really black, short hair. She and she was tall, and skinny, and athletic. The other one was more muscular, shorter, had big hair, and she had these cat ears that were poking out of her hair. And I'm going. Oh, and then I looked at her nose, and, and she, she had a pretty face, but the tip of her nose and her mouth turned into like a cat's mouth, and on her upper lip, she had these whiskers, and they were they were trimmed, and they reminded me of porcupine quills. Gotcha. Where she had cut them off like two inches out of her upper lip, and I'm looking, I'm going, okay, these girls ain't local. <laughs> no, they, these, these girls aren't from around here, man. I'm going, oh, okay. Okay, so these, these these are the ET, you know. So finally, the ET, you know, it's so and, so we're sitting there and we're having a conversation, and they said they 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 found our world. They said our atomic test had sent light and radiation up into to their world, and they had been at war in their world, and they had uh, their world had been attacked, and a large portion had had been destroyed by some weapon that was the interdimensional weapon that was shot through a, a gateway that destroyed a good portion of the world. And they detected our light and radiation from nuclear testing And then that's how they found us. Uh, they were investigating because they thought it was, might be another attack. And they, and, and they also warned me that they have defensive countermeasures and our nuclear testing ever sets off their defensive countermeasures. It's not going to be good for our planet. Wow. So, And so we had, we were having this conversation about how they come to be here and stuff like that. And, uh, and I'm sitting there looking at. They were wearing these weird. One was wearing like yoga pants, and she was wearing like an exercise shirt, and she, and and, I, and she she said she said our world's already being affected by your world because we have been watching you from here. This is a rip between. This is an alternate reality rip between your physical reality and our parallel dimension. And 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 I said, well, you know, I said I've always heard that. if you ever get a chance to talk to E.T., ask them how they got here. You know, they try to drill it in your head. Ask them how they got here. That's the biggest question everybody wants to know. How did you get here? Right. right. And I said, and I asked them, I said, you know, can you show me? Can you show me where you came from, how you got here? And she goes, Yes, yes, it's, it's, it's really easy. All you have to do is move right through this wall right here. And so, and then all of a sudden, we're having this conversation, and my wife comes walking through the bedroom. <laughs> now, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. So my wife is walking through the bedroom. She's going to the bathroom. And I can see her, this is plain as day, and I'm looking at her like, you know, I'm sitting here naked as a jaybird talking to two women. <laughs> and my wife is not the type of woman to ignore something like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know? Most of us aren't.
2: So she walks right to the bed. I can see her clear as day. And she walks right to the bedroom like nothing's up, you know. And, she sees she nothing. Said, this is where we watch you guys from. You can't hear or see us from here. You know, so, and she and she occurred, She said, we can move through solid matter here. Uh, said, you know, this place, this is a, this is a place where our people are going to meet the people of our world are going to meet the people of your world. So it's safe from viral and bacterial contamination, and we're safe from physical violence here. And this is a place where we'll meet, and, and you know, we're working on contact right now. You know, she said, right now, as we speak, we have people working on how this is how this contact is going to take place. But this is where we're going to meet. You know, tell the people of your world, this is where we're going to meet. And I see my wife, she, she said, they can't hear or see us in here, but we've been watching them. And said, so just watching your world has affected ours. And she showed me her clothing. She said, this clothing, she said, we had ritual, realistic clothing that we wore during rituals. She said, but we didn't have clothing that we wear on a day-to-day basis. And she said, when we seen your world, she said, she said, we fell in love with some of your clothing. And she said, this is yoga pants. And she rubbed it on her legs, and she looked at me with these big old, huge blue eyes and said so soft, <laughs> rubbing on her pants thing. And she said, we, you know, we've made clothing with the, with the material from our world that, that copies the, the clothing of your world. And the other one was wearing, like, designer blue jeans and a white blouse. And these were the most – she said, we wore these to show you that, you know, this is the most popular items on our planet um, that are being reproduced from, from you and the people on your planet. You know, and they said so they make up from the materials on our plane. So I was like, "Wow!" We're you like their the only thing we
3: got. To
0: we're like their Paris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah, fashion they, show they in Cisco, Texas. I guess we're high fashion for them, That's crazy. Wow.
2: Yeah,
1: that's nice. Yeah,
2: so yeah, they you know they really like our clothing. <laughs> but anyway, my wife comes out of the bathroom and she stops and she's kind of looking over towards us. And one of the – et kind of freaks out, and she says to the other one, and they're talking with their mouth. Now, the one with the one that had the cat's mouth, she had trouble making certain syllables that where you would – S's and T's and stuff like that, where you'd use your tongue. Right. I, I noticed that it was almost comical to hear her try to say some words because she was speaking with her mouth, and the other one spoke real proper English. You know, I'm telling it in Texan, so please don't misinterpret. <laughs> they don't speak Texan. Uh, I'm just having to relay what they said in Texan. It's it okay. I weird. speak
1: Texan. It's cool.
2: Yeah, they spoke very, you know, el- you know, elitely and intelligently, and, uh, and it, they did not speak Texan. <laughs> uh, but the one that, that that had the cat's mouth, she was having, a, she was struggling <laughs> speaking it at times, and it was almost comical. But she, just like a person who has a speech impediment, she would like, she would find out that she had trouble saying something, and she wouldn't make she she would make sure that she wouldn't say that again. She would use a different word to say whatever right, she
1: wanted right, so that she could make it understandable.
2: And yeah, she was very intelligent because uh, you know there was, and and they said they told me, you know, I said. And I, I got really close to the tall one. The, the tall one had the blue skin and had the short black hair. That's the same one. I got actually got a picture of this one in the in the Coleman encounter. There was a the, the little UFO that approached the craft and I and sent me into hiding. And I and from the separator, I took a picture. And I believe there was something looking out of a big porthole opening in the bottom of the craft where there's a big white light behind it, and it looks like the same ET. Huh. And uh, you could you could see that picture. So I've actually got a picture of the tall one.
0: Wow, well, have to, before yeah, we'll, I
2: actually met her, it well, was like years before I actually met her. But I'm pretty oh, wow. sure that's the same one because she had a big ruby glued to her right cheek, and she had like a diamond in her on her forehead, and she had like a tattoo on her left cheek. And uh, when you look at the when you look at the picture, you can see the big ruby on her on her cheek. Cause at first I thought it was a birthmark, but as I looked closer, it was like a Ruby's like, like their tattoos is like, I guess sticking rubies to their face. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? It's just, it right. was weird huh. to see like Ruby stuck to her face. You know, now
0: was it's that the only time they visited now. you? Did you like, was that the no, only that, time?
2: That, that, uh, yeah. That's the only time that these, that these, that these, these guys And so we sat there and had a conversation and I asked them. I said, you know, I. Said, please let me see see where you came from. So they they said, yeah, just walk through the wall. Okay, so they wanted me to walk through the wall, and it was a picture right over my face. Hits and, and I and I was uncomfortable with moving through this picture very fast because it has a glass face on it, and I was afraid the glass would break and cut my face. So I'm like going really slow, and they act, they started acting like impatient now. Just go, come on, hurry, let's go, you know, come on, just go. You can go. You can move through. It's all that matters. She said, "Just move. Just go. You know, you'll, you'll be fine." Yeah, it's a little hard to trust them. Right.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, a little tough to uh, yep. just say, "Okay, sure, I'll just walk through that wall." Right.
2: But I think we, I think we had a misunderstanding because I think she intended for me to lean through the wall and look.
3: Now, And okay. I took it
2: as she wanted me to walk through the wall. Right. I, I finally, when I, I could feel the sheetrock passing through my stomach. I could feel the glass passing through my face. And I felt a stud in the wall that went through my right shoulder. I could feel it inside the wall, and it was tougher to move through the stud than it was the sheetrock. And it felt very uncomfortable for the sheetrock to be passing through my stomach. It was like it didn't hurt, but it was just—it it was just an eerie feeling that you wouldn't want to just stand there in it because it was like I could my stomach could could feel the sheetrock, you know, within it. Yeah, and uh, so,
0: it's a little weird, right? I,
2: I took it. They wanted me to walk through this wall, so I walked through it, and I ended up. It's like I fell into outer space. It's like I fell, like I walked off a, a balcony or something. Man, it was like I. Next thing I know, I'm I'm in outer space, and I'm floating in outer space. I'm looking off and there's this weird alien planet off to the left. It has three major continents. It has real thin oceans. It has, and has the the north and south pole on it, or not solid ice like our north and south pole, but it's right. almost a Frosty, There's a, a huge, like, desert area on this thing, but there's also close to the oceans is a, real, a really woody area. I only see one large lake and uh, some streams that run off from the lake to the ocean. So it was, and it, it didn't seem to be near as big as our planet, but it had three major continents, and the, and the oceans look really... Uh, They were thin, very thin, almost like a giant river. I mean, they weren't that wide, but you could see sandy beaches on both sides, I mean, around the equator area. And uh, up towards the the north and south part of it, it looked like there was high cliffs. Like, they they become like cliffs that went high up in the air right next to the ocean. So, And I was taking all this in. And then up in, up in, it looked just like looking in our skies that there was like way, way, way. There were so many stars because there's a galactic center close to this thing. It's a black hole with stars circling around it. And it's scary close in their sky from wherever, I mean, and there are so many stars in this circling around this black hole that it could, I'm actually looking at the planet at night. I mean, it it could never get darker like it gets dark here because there are just so many stars caught around this galactic center, and it's it's just, it's making light, it's shining back to where, I mean, it just, it just never could get dark there, completely dark like it gets on our nights.
3: Gotcha, right.
2: And it's scary, it was very horrifying looking at this thing, knowing that this is like a black hole, and all these stars around this thing are suns being sucked into it, you know, just thousands and thousands of stars, and this is right in their nighttime sky, scary, very close and uh and you can and i was like looking around i was like i was trying to take it off i know this is important take it as much as it is and i think what well, looked like a, i thought it was the sun but after looking harder it was a moon on the it was uh, catching the sun it was catching the light of a sun that i couldn't see because i'm looking at the dark side of the planet at night so i'm thinking it's another moon then this rocky ugly moon came uh floating past me and the and the planet seemed like it was turning pretty fast because I could actually see the rotation in it, not like Earth. When you're right. in space looking at Earth, you really can't see the rotation. This thing, I could see the rotation in the planet just by watching it for a minute. So this thing had to be rotating really quick. So I'm taking all this thing. Now I'm I start, I'm doing this force, force, slow, forward flip in zero gravity. I'm not freezing. I don't need air to breathe. So apparently... I, and I never felt any kind of hot or cold the whole time all this was going on. You can move through solid matter. And apparently you don't need air to breathe because I'm in outer space and I'm not dying, freezing, right. or suffocating. Right.
3: right,
2: And I'm taking all this in. I'm doing this slow pull flip, and it's making me sick to my stomach. My, because I'm like, everything is turning and everything is moving, and I'm going head over feet. And, and, I, and finally I'm like, okay, well, Going back, I'm looking back. Let's see where I came from. What did I walk out of? Was it a ship? What was it? So I looked, and it's a black box, a perfectly square black box floating in outer space. And then here recently I've seen where there's a a black – do you see where the jets off the coast of Florida Caught on their gun camera a black box that flew by, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: yeah. yeah I was just if you, you know, didn't bring, it up, that, bring right? it up, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I was going to bring it up, yeah. I saw,
2: and I'm going, I know exactly what that is.
0: And that was recent, you, that's
2: a stargate, that's a star, they're moving a stargate somewhere, yeah. yeah and that was whistle, recent. I mean,
0: you've told this story before that video came out. Yeah, that yeah. video is is in recent. Yeah, I was I yeah. was
2: drawing pictures and telling this story way before the video came out. Right. You know? So how would I have known that they were they'd seen a black box flying by a jet? You know, as soon as I said it, I said, I know exactly what that is. That's a Stargate that's being moved. You know, I've actually went through that thing. That's and crazy. And they told me that that Stargate is not just a Stargate. It's a it's a it's a it protects the, It's a it's a biohazard mechanism. I mean, it, it bio the biohazard from inside, it can't go outside it. And they said that bacteria and vir- and viruses are like their main concern. We don't want our bacteria and viruses contaminating their planet, and they don't want their bacteria and viruses contaminating our planet. So sure. the way that they keep that from happening is they go through the Stargate.
0: It sounds like they were very like forthcoming that. with information, you know, like they just wanted you to yeah. – they just wanted you to have a a good glimpse. They wanted you to feel um, comfortable with them, and they were pretty open and honest with you about about most of the information they gave you.
2: And it was like they had been watching me for a while. They were calling me by name. They were very comfortable around me. They didn't seem like they were. They were I was probably appointed to them, and they were probably been because I've seen stuff around my house, and you could. I've actually got some pictures of some of the anomalies that I caught on camera. And it's weird anomalies, and you can almost see it looks like a figure. It's almost like they were trying to show me that they were there watching me, and we actually caught it on on some footage that I'm taking here at the house. And so, you know, I think they were watching me for a while, and we and, and like I said, we had this conversation. And and the strange thing, you know, when it come time, uh, when it come time to leave, I had to jump back on my own body. Well she said, I said, well, okay, you know, she said, well, we have to. We have to end this, and you know we have to go. So you have to. I said, okay. Well, how do I get back? And they said, well, just you know, lay on yourself. You know. So I just I lay. I I went. I went over to the bed, and I just I looked down at myself, and then I just laid on top of myself, and I just laid on top of myself like a two two layers of me, and then I looked at her and I said, this isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> so had going, to be okay, kind of I'm creepy. Stuck here now, yeah, these guys ain't very good at what they're doing, right? Because and so she says, okay, get back up. So so I got back up, and she said, okay, now leap on yourself, you know. So, okay, this time I leaped on myself, and when I leaped onto myself, it felt like I fell 10 feet. Uh. I mean, it, my stomach flipped, man. I I jumped onto myself, and it felt like I fell five feet to the floor at least and and, and hit hard. And when I hit hard, I woke up. And I was sitting there in the bed, and I was surprised that I couldn't see him standing by the bed. And I realized, okay, I'm back in my body. I'm back in the. I'm back in in the bedroom. I, and the lights coming in around the window are the same as it was just a few seconds earlier when I was having this conversation. The lights coming in from the bathroom. It's the same time of morning. The room looks identically the same. My wife is wearing the same clothes. I seen her walk through the bedroom wearing. And uh, and then later, you know, I was sitting there thinking, well, you know. I said, uh, there's a picture on my wall. I remember walking through the picture, and I was thinking, you know what? That picture doesn't have a
3: glass in it. The
2: one next to it doesn't have a glass. And I'm thinking, you know, that one doesn't either. Maybe I just dreamed of it. So I came home from work, and I looked at the picture, and sure enough, there's a glass over it,
0: and the uh. one next to
2: it over to the right. And I'm going, and I walked up to it, and it hits me right in the face. And I thought, okay. And then I thought, you know, okay, I, I went through the picture right here, and there was, I remember a stud going through my shoulder, so I got my stud finder out, and I started checking where the studs at. The stud was right there where my right shoulder would have hit.
0: Wow, so and pretty going, accurate yeah, to yeah. your experience, yeah. Yeah,
2: so I'm thinking, yeah, this is, yeah, this was, you know, since I've seen the ET at work and I've got the pictures and the video and I had the encounters in my house, and I'm thinking, okay, this, this was a real deal. This is not some kind of fabricated. I don't, I don't have vivid dreams like that. You know, I, even if I did have a dream, I wouldn't be able to remember that kind of details about the event, right. and, you know. Yeah. And it, at one point, you know, they asked me to walk through the, you know, they let me go look at their world, and they, and they were hitting me up for a, a genetic sample, and I didn't know how they were intending on getting it. But I, I was like, you know, these are visitors from another planet, and I probably should, for the, for the people of Earth, I should take one for the team and, and do whatever the hell they want, you know. <laughs> Let's be friends. Right. Let's get along. And, and she said, I, I said, okay, yeah, I, you know, I'll give you a genetic sample. Just tell me how you want to get it, you know. What do you want to do? And she said, well, my, she said, my associate here would just, if you don't mind, if, if you would just have sex with her. And I'm going,
1: <laughs> That's one way to get a genetic sample. This is the cat one. This is the,
2: and I'm looking at her going, uh, well, nope. you just, <laughs> you just say what I thought you said. And then she kind of leaned over to me, which she said, she said, this. She said the people of her world are completely sexually uninhibited. She said even the people of my world think it's strange, and that's what the, that's what the tall one told me. She was kind of whispering it to me. Right. Even the people of my world think it's strange, but she said she's a geneticist, and and uh, they've been. We really need a genetic sample, and she she told me. She said, she said you know your, said your offspring would be used to seed new worlds, and I thought well you, you know that's. I said, you know, it's a real privilege. I said, but it's, it's offspring I'll never meet, worlds I'll never see. You know, and she kind of looked at me. I like that's kind of sad, really. And uh, and I thought, well, you know, this is a very strange request. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it would go like this. Like I said, they they said we will tell, tell everybody what everything they said we'll communicate to the others what we spoke about here, and and they asked me, you know, how said we want to talk to you about how you, how we're gonna how to Tell the people your world about us. And, uh, you know, I said, well, you know, I said, it's not going to do any good for me to tell them because nobody's going to believe me. There's nobody going to believe me. I said, I said, you know, you're going to have to give me some hard evidence, some technology or something in a physical form. I said, don't give it to me. I said, give it to that guy sleeping in the bed there. I said, he's got to have it to present it to the, the scholars. You know, that I'm actually in contact with E.T. I said, that's the only way it's going to believe. I, and then it occurred to me, you know what, even be better, I said a global display of alien presence. I said, that that's the ticket right there. I said, you tell them that we need a global display of alien presence. It's the only way that the people of our world are going to accept that you're here.
0: That's true. You're and right.
2: She, and she said, okay. She said, we will communicate that to the others. And then they had me jump onto myself in, uh, in the conversation ended. And I haven't talked to them since. I've seen UFO lights since then, probably two months ago I've seen some UFO lights. So it's like they're still coming around and showing me that they're here, they're near, but we haven't had the up-close-and-personal conversation, and not, I haven't seen creatures running around my house holding me captive anymore, nothing like that. <laughs> I feel better about the ETs now that I've actually had to face-to-face with them. I might right. not be so scared next time I encounter them.
0: Pretty much now it's just you see lights on occasion but no more contact.
2: Yeah, so far, I okay. mean, uh, like I said, I I have an ebook out there, and I can add chapters any time to it. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's what we want to get out too. We want to we want to let the audience know where they can get in touch with you, Ronnie. So what's what's the best place to find your information? First of all, let's talk about your ebook. Where where is that available?
2: Uh, you can get it on Barnes and Noble, and you can order it on Amazon. I even seen where you could order it through Walmart.
1: Okay. You now no, that's so, cool. Yeah.
2: And it's just an ebook, and they actually sell a printed version of it. And and I've told everybody before, if if you actually buy a printed version of my ebook, because I had to buy one for my mom, it was like twenty five <laughs> bucks. I was like, if you have one of them and wave that wave it at me, and I'm at a conference, I will come to you and sign it. Nice. I mean, if you're willing to pay that kind of money for my book, I will see. I will. You wave that thing at me. I will find you in a crowd, and I will come over there, and I will sign your book for you.
0: And you also have like a social media presence, right? You got a Facebook where you put up your pictures and tell a little bit about your story.
2: Yeah, you can. You can go to the Facebook page of Lonnie Goffin Experience, and uh, and I posted a lot of videos and stuff and anything new events that I'm doing and stuff like that right now. Uh, so, I'm what if to be a speaker at the compass? So yeah, that's what I was going to ask that. you about. What do you
0: got? Uh, what do you got going on in the next? We're going to probably air this show. Um, not this Saturday, but the following. So let's go through your events. What do you have um, coming up on later later this month? Where can people meet you?
2: I volunteered for the UFO MegaCon, but they hadn't got back with me if they want me to be a speaker or not. So I'm waiting on the reply. And okay. other than that, I just got uh, – I have a, some radio shows and podcasts that I do all the time. Uh, I've done, like, three of the last week, so <laughs> – getting pretty popular. My story's getting pretty popular. It's getting out there, which it's good, you know.
0: Yeah, that is good, man. I think it's a good story. I think, you know, it's um, it, it shows a benevolent side to the aliens. But, you know, a lot of stories nowadays are scary stories, and yours isn't. You know, yeah, it shows a they're benevolent. Not, they're
2: yeah. not all good. They're not all bad.
0: Exactly. They told me.
2: They warned me. They said, "If you know, your nuclear testing could set, all, set up our countermeasures. And she said it would be very bad for your world. Wow. And I, I I take it that it would fire through some kind of dimensional gateway and God only knows, destroy how much or what, you know? Right, right.
0: Well, man, I really appreciate you coming on tonight. We'll make sure that we, you know, have all those links in the show notes. Um, and I will, uh, you know, get together with you and let you know when the show's coming out. I'll send you a link to the show, all that good stuff. And stay in touch, man, if you have anything else that's coming up or going on even if you just want to send me like an email and say hey mike can you announce on the show that i got this this and this going on you know feel free man feel free right
2: right absolutely i certainly enjoyed it
0: all right brother yeah it was nice to meet you yeah absolutely man so thanks take, thanks for sharing thank
2: you guys for having me
0: on you got right, thanks. it thanks take Have care good night. ronnie
4: like my name is mike Familons, and i'm the producer and lead investigator for the show in the shadow of big red Eye." Are you tired of seeing repeat episodes of fake Bigfoot shows? Do you want to join me and my team and see what a true investigation is really like? Then get your knocking stick and let's go. Full episodes of In the Shadow of Big Red Eye can be found by subscribing to our YouTube channel, Sussex County Bigfoot. Also be sure to like In the Shadow of Big Red Eye's Facebook page and follow us on Instagram for giveaways and show updates. And
0: we're back. And we are back. Hey Ronnie, thanks a lot, buddy. I really appreciate you being on. It was a good interview. Ronnie's a good guy. Um, you know, the UFO thing uh is an interesting subject. There's a lot of different uh uh angles on it. And um Ronnie's story is definitely interesting and definitely interesting for a lot of our listeners who live in and around that area. Ronnie lives really close to
1: a lot of our a lot listeners. of Frisco and yep.
0: a lot of places where we have listeners. So uh you guys keep your Royce eyes peeled. City. <laughs> yeah. I know it's Christmas time, but that might not be the Christmas star.
1: It could. It's true. It's a light over the sewer
0: plant, Grizz.
1: <laughs> or it could be E.T. looking for Elliot. <laughs>
0: yeah. So um,
1: maybe Elliot moved to Dallas.
0: He could have. Right. Yeah. It kind of looked like, well, no, there's snow on the ground. Uh, yeah. And that, that, new, that new awesome commercial.
1: It is awesome. That's my favorite thing about Thanksgiving this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Absolutely, it was a great hands down,
1: favorite thing about yeah, Thanksgiving. Well,
0: we, we had just got done rewatching the movie out of Out of a Clear Blue Sky a couple days before that. So, and then our s-
1: dog decided to pretend to be ET under the Christmas tree. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. So, in the spirit of giving, um, and seeing as Tracy <laughs> doesn't know this, and I'm just going to hit her with it while we're here on the air, I think you should give out your chocolate pie recipe on the Wicked Garden podcast. Patreon episode.
1: Oh, I could do that. Yes, absolutely. Because I, 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 my chocolate pie is special. It's different than everyone else's.
0: It's ridiculously good.
1: It is. I
0: agree. It's good enough that three quarters of it disappeared. Well, that in would be thirty-six my hours, <laughs> and there were only two of us. Two of us here. Here. Yeah. So, no, it's really good. So, that might be a good idea for the Patreon episode for Christmas.
1: I can do that. I can give out our, the chocolate pie recipe and my special secret ingredient.
0: And maybe we'll give the buttermilk one out on uh, the regular Facebook page. And We can do gotta that, you got to give too. to everybody. Yes, right? that's true. That's so, true. that'll be our gift to you guys. Um, you'll get the buttermilk recipe, uh, buttermilk pie recipe, which doesn't sound particularly appetizing, <laughs> For anybody in the Northeast or anybody not here or not living in the Southwest, but uh, if you uh, really want to have a great pie, try this buttermilk pie recipe. It is
1: very good. And and for those of you who have fresh eggs, and my friends down South, a lot of you do, it is phenomenal with fresh eggs. And even better yet, if you have a duck, duck egg. egg. Yeah. Is the best. Just don't tell your
0: family if they get creeped
1: out by duck eggs.
0: This has turned into a cooking show.
1: Yeah, right? Well, yeah. Caitlin is never going to have my buttermilk pie again. As much as she loved it when I made it with duck eggs, she was kind of weirded out when Who's I told Who's Caitlin? It. My daughter.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, the chocolate pie is better. I will say that.
1: I actually like to take a bite of both at the same time.
0: So for a dollar a month, damn it. <laughs> You can get <laughs> you a get chocolate, the pie, extra recipe chocolate you, pie recipe. You can make it forever. It's All true right? and it's
1: somewhere between fudge and brownie and Yeah,
0: it's not yeah. like a flourless chocolate cake. Nope. It's just really mm-hmm. good.
1: No, it's good. It's yummy. Yeah.
0: So, we're going to be uh dark next week. Um we're going to be coming back the following Saturday for you guys with uh, another episode. We're going to cover a couple of Christmas subjects. Yes, Christmas can be scary. Uh, we're going to do a couple of those. We're also going to finally kick out this Jersey devil episode. It's my fault. It's on me. All right.
1: Yeah. As our episode numbering is all off because it was supposed to be 13 and the software we use to publish auto numbers. So we're just all messed up at this point.
0: Yeah. So, um, we really appreciate you guys listening tonight. Uh, can please consider going over to Patreon, uh, for a dollar a month and, uh, getting that extra content. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Have a good night.